Hey, I'm Andrea and welcome to Kiss Life. Kiss Life. Let's talk about student mental health. Whether you're at school, college or uni, there are probably times where you felt stressed. You're trying to balance revision and deadlines alongside having a social life. And you've probably heard the sentence, these are the most important exams of your life so far. But what happens when that stress gets overwhelming and the nerves turn into panic? Teachers and children's charities are reporting record levels of mental health issues among young people. More students are dropping out of uni because of it. And in the three days around A-level results this summer, there was a 75% rise in text to shout, a helpline for people feeling suicidal or in crisis. In this podcast, we team up with the Prince's Trust to investigate the pressures on young people and look at what you can do if you're struggling. Hi, I'm Sana and I'm 18. My name is Shaheen Al-Ghafari. I'm Caitlin. I'm Callum Price Nunn. I'm really pleased. Uh, I got the grades I needed and I got into King's College for dentistry. I am ecstatic that I got into my first choice. I'm off to Manchester to study politics. I'm off to Hull University. I'm so happy right now. These are just four students KISS spoke to at random as they got their A-level results last month. As you can hear, they were all pretty happy. But when we asked them about how they actually got those results, we uncovered the struggles all of them faced. It was traumatic to an extent. There's so much stress and like staying up all night crying and panic attacks, crying in an exam hall. I um, kept having really bad chest pains. Around like four or five weeks leading up to the exam, I became really ill. I've completely crashed. The competition for jobs and competition for university is at an all-time high right now. They're getting harder and it's hard to balance a lifestyle with hobbies and stuff to make a character build as well as doing academic work. The fact that we're putting our students through this is not acceptable and it's not okay. And they're definitely not alone. Childline says it's seeing a record number of young people getting in touch about exam worries. They did more than 1,400 counselling sessions about it in the last year. Kiss Live. For English, I made flashcards for each of the characters in my books. And for maths, the thing that helped me a lot was the practice papers. Sometimes the night before the exams, I would set alarms for like three o'clock, then I'd do a bit of revision, and then I'd go back to sleep and set another alarm for like five o'clock, and then I'd do some revision. Holly, which isn't her real name, sat her GCSEs a few months ago. She ended up suffering from mental health issues because she struggled so much with maths. I'd literally be in the lesson and I'd be so confused that I'd be like crying, trying to not let anybody see because I I found it so hard. Before going into the lessons, I would just have breakdowns. The teachers will always be saying stuff like, these are the most important exams of your life so far. And then when you're in a class and you're trying your hardest and you can't understand anything, it just makes you feel really stupid. Just before her exam, Holly found out she actually has dyscalculia, which makes it hard to understand numbers. She'd been struggling for years, but she thinks a lack of funding is why the school didn't want to look into it, meaning her parents eventually had to pay to get her tested. But Holly says she wasn't the only one who cracked under the pressure. One friend in particular, she started having severe panic attacks. She got quite depressed. It was awful because... You didn't know how to help, but you were, like, watching the decline of someone who you care about their mental health. Holly ended up getting the grades that she wanted, but her mum admits the whole process had a worrying effect on her daughter. She's told me about girls where their hair's falling out, they're so stressed. It makes me quite unhappy, actually. 
No, I've seen her go through. She said to us, maths is like I'm learning a foreign language. She used to come home crying, breaking down, literally breaking down. Sometimes we've fallen out so much over the simplest things, we've come to blows over the simplest things. And sometimes I've gone to the toilet in the middle of the night and her bedroom light's on. She used to wake herself up to study something and then she'd go back to bed and she'd have an alarm, waking herself up to study. She said, this is the only way I can do it, Mum. So it impacts a lot on the family. If your child wants to do well, it's impacted on the whole family. It seems the pressure to get the grades is having a big effect on families across the country. We went to meet one mum who ended up paying the ultimate price when her son tragically took his own life whilst revising. I haven't sat in this room for a while, actually. You know, you can look at the calendar and that is from February. I can't even turn the calendar over. And everything's how it was. He was revising for his science mock exam that he had on the Monday. And he also had, I think he was reading The Animal Farm because that was the book that was open. It just feels really strange that this was Daniel's room. And it's not Daniel's room no more. Emma Oliver's son, Daniel, was just 15 when he became obsessed with revising for his mock GCSEs. He developed acute anxiety and began spending all of his time studying. But Emma says she never imagined he would take his own life. He went out with his friends, I gave him some money, they got a pizza. He came home that morning, he ate his breakfast, and then he went up to his room. And I was up and down all day. Do you want a coffee? Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want a sandwich? I saw him 20 minutes before and I tapped him on the head and I went, you all right? Yeah. Now I came down and made Sunday dinner and in 20 minutes he committed suicide. To find him like I did, you just think about it 24-7, you go to bed and that image is the last thing you see. Then you wake up in the morning and for the first five minutes you think, everything's normal and then boom, you know, it is your worst nightmare and then treble it a million times. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Emma gave Daniel CPR and he was rushed to hospital, but he was later pronounced brain dead and died two days later. I still pretend he's here. I pretend that um, when I'm at work, he's out with his friends. When I come home from work, I pretend that he's upstairs in his bedroom. I know my heart is not coming back, I know that, but my brain just won't process it, so I just... <clears throat> to get through the day, I pretend. Johnny honestly thought he didn't have anyone at 15, and and indeed, he had everything to live for. Everything. After Daniel's death, police found that he'd Googled what is anxiety, but he hadn't spoken to any of his friends and family about how he was feeling. I don't think I ever saw him upset or annoyed. He was a joker. Yeah, yeah. 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 character, funny. The majority of the time. Yeah, laid back. <laughs> yeah, he was laid back. I felt like everybody kind of felt it, but nowhere near as how bad it actually was. Because he seemed a bit off a few weeks upcoming, but yeah. not like, you know, gave the impression that he'd do something like that. Daniel's best friends, Bracken, Reese, Adam, and Nicholas, say they wish he'd approached them for help. They're now urging other young people to keep an eye out on their mates and talk to them if they're struggling. You always don't think of the worst because you never think it'll be you, but just go out and speak to them, get something out of them, because it could be the littlest thing or it could be the biggest thing and 
you know, it could have saved your best mate's life. Kiss life. Daniel's year were the first to sit exams under the new system, which saw the old A star to G grades being replaced with numbers one to nine. It puts more focus on one final set of exams instead of a mix of modules and coursework, and the content is more challenging than it used to be. We had a chat with the government's minister for schools, Nick Gibb, about all of this, and he says the system gives young people the skills they need for the future. Under the old system, there were resets, there were modular exams, and students would take spending a lot of their school time just preparing for and taking these exams. And we've got rid of all that. And the motivation of a final examination is hugely important, and they will always involve an element of stress. What we don't want exams to be are a cause of anxiety or mental health problems. But teachers say they are causing anxiety. A new poll found nearly three in four teachers have seen their students' mental health get worse since the system was introduced. Lily Wilson, who's 18, is campaigning to change it so there's less pressure put on pupils. She battled anorexia while studying for her GCSEs in Stoke. I was like, I have to do well, I have to do well. Missing all my breaks and lunches to do my work so I could get good grades. I just remember being in, it was my English lit exam, I think. And I just remember sitting there and I was thinking about what I'd eaten at break as I was trying to write this essay. (laughs) At her lowest point, Lily was hospitalised and she thinks society in general puts more pressure on young people now. I think it's sad. I feel sad about it because it's like everyone's individuality has been stripped away because we all have to conform to this need to achieve in certain things. It's like you do this and you stay on the conveyor belt and you just keep going. There are people who are actually committing suicide over it. And I think that's when you know it's got too far. Like, there's no need for this pressure. There's more to a person than A, B, C, D, E, F, U. It's okay to assess people, but you need to do other things as well, otherwise you're going to get obsessed. We need to look after our young people's and old people's, everyone's mental health, because prevention is going to work better than cure. The Prince's Trust do an annual survey of young people This year, more than half said they do put too much pressure on themselves to succeed and nearly two-thirds always or often feel stressed. That's the highest number since the report first launched 10 years ago. Kiss life. There's a lot of stress and pressure to achieve that academic rather than a focus on the vocational, which there has been more so in the past. Nicola Atoria works at Bishop Young Academy in Leeds. They're thought to be one of the first schools in the country to employ a full-time member of staff focusing just on mental health. Nicola says it's vital schools find ways to help students deal with pressure before they hit crisis point. I'm really trying to work with all students regardless of if they're struggling with their mental health or if they're not to give them those tools to cope when it gets to those crunch points in life because it's not just about exams it's about I don't know relationship breakdowns it's about getting a job or not getting a job and being able to work with all of those young people and equipping them with the skills that they need is going to help them survive and do well not just in exams but in life in general for lots of students gcses and a levels lead on to university where even the most resilient people can end up feeling overwhelmed i felt quite lost my self-esteem was basically non-existent victoria neal is a chemical engineering student and in her first year at uni she struggled with ibs and was also bullied with ibs it makes you feel really low about yourself because of the symptoms So you don't want to do anything. I stopped going to class. She felt completely alone and in need of help. But when she reached out to her uni, she found the support wasn't there. 
She was offered counselling, but the number of sessions was limited to just four. When I told them, OK, I think it's my self-esteem, it's my stomach as well, it's my bullying, they said that my issues might be too complex for them to be able to deal with. It wasn't really helpful, but they said, they'll put me on the waiting list. It'll take about six weeks for them to get back to me. While she was still waiting, Victoria's dad was diagnosed with a brain tumour and sadly passed away. She ended up working flat out to try and catch up on the work that she'd missed. But when she was told she couldn't delay one of her deadlines, she took the decision to leave. I was studying every day, all hours of the day. I was completely burnt out. I said to them, look, I'm really struggling here. You know, they hadn't even offered me another counselling session. You know, luckily for me, I got support from my family. One of my friends, he suffered in silence and he actually, he committed suicide. Kiss life. The number of students arriving at uni with a mental health issue has more than doubled in the last few years. In 2017, nearly 25,000 first years enrolled with one. But there's still big differences in support depending on which uni you go to. Some have waiting lists and a cap on counselling, while others, like Victoria's new uni, are more supportive. It's why the government and charities are working on a university mental health charter to set a standard that all unis should meet. Victoria says it's vital the support's there for everyone who needs it. Students shouldn't need to have to worry about what the university can provide when it comes to support. I think that the support should just be there. Policies need to be in place and I think that grief is very much still a taboo. There's a long way to go in that sector in particular and whether that be grief support groups at university so that other students going through the same thing can actually spend time together and talk about it. Well, if you didn't get the results you wanted or you're just feeling stressed about the future, it's important to remember there are always other options. Christopher, who's from Plymouth, went through his years at school thinking he needed a degree to succeed. But he ended up dropping out of uni after struggling to keep up. I sort of ended up just hopping from job to job. It was quite a difficult time in my life. I didn't really have sort of any career goals. Ended up going on to um, Universal Credit for a couple of months before I came into contact with the Prince's Trust. With help from the Prince's Trust, he managed to get his life back on track. At 25, he's now back at college doing an electrical apprenticeship. I essentially went from being unemployed to working with a company where I've got career prospects. I'm able to pay rent. I'm able to run my car. I've also been able to buy a ring and propose to my girlfriend. I think the biggest message that I can give from my experience is there is always another way. No matter how old you are or what grades you've got or don't have, you may feel like you're taking a step back or a step off of the path in front of you. But sometimes you have to do that to get where you want to get in the end. Kiss Life is a production from Kiss and Bauer Media.